Hi. Hello, lovers. That's a very sensual opening. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. Yeah. Sensuality. This is Love and a Romance Podcast. And welcome to the inaugural episode of Feel the Love Friday. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caitlin. And God, what do we do during these alternating I'm... weekly episodes? We don't talk about themes or tropes. Yes. Which are reserved for the opposite weeks. Yes. I'm stoked about Feel the Love Fridays um, or FTLF, you know, if you want to be hip about it. Yeah. I don't. Easy acronym. Yeah. Super, super straightforward. <laughs> easy to say. Uh, Feel the Love Friday. It's going to be kind of a, a grab bag. Grab bag. <laughs> Grab bag? <laughs> Grab a bag. I really like it's gonna that. It's going to be a mixed bag. I like that so much better because I feel like we just, we have so much been referring it to as in like, this is the space where we just shoot the shit and like, it's not really how many is. ways yeah. can you just use that phrase, shoot Don't the shit? Don't you just want to listen to us talk about <laughs> anything that comes to our I mean, minds? we are, but grab bag is a better way to describe it. It's just mixed bag is better. Anyway, anyway, so this is a mixed bag of things that we're going to Ran- talk about. Kind of random. It's not really I mean, <laughs> it will be different. What I mean is it will, will probably be different every Feel the Love Friday episode. Yeah, each one will be unique. But there's yes. some general things we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Kristen and I clearly practiced this before we started recording. <laughs> clearly. And we clearly both do improv because we're not contradicting each other left and right. Anyway, you're looking at me like you don't understand I what just, that means. No one has ever. Well, I know it was a joke, but I'm just not a performing improv arts person like the, at all. Okay, let me just sidebar the first of many. Uh, an improv, from what I understand, I don't do it, but I've dated somebody who did it. Um, God, you have dated like someone <laughs> from like every. I you are so. Ser- you were a serial dater, <laughs> weren't you? Hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, improv. The the main point is you have to say yes and. So if somebody says something, you can't be like no. Like if they're like, oh, there's a chair there, and like obviously there's no props in the stage with you. You can't be like, no, there's not. You have to be like, yes, there is a chair, and there's a clown sitting in it. Like you have to go along with whatever somebody how else does this, says. How did this relate to what because, we were doing? Because I, you said something, and I was just like, no, it's oh, not how it okay. works. But it is. Now I get the joke. <laughs> four minutes later. <laughs> Can we just scrap the first four minutes of the episode? Okay, okay so Feel what are we Friday. doing here? Yes, okay, so couple different things we're going to do. My dog is trying to eat something on my leg. My dogs are joining us for yeah, this the recording. Yeah, the dogs are here. Usually we shut them out because they won't shut the fuck up. Lulu is on my thigh because that's how that's where she fits. Um, Feel the Love Friday. Going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about our favorite reads of the week. just to And it could be romance, could be not romance, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, what we're reading that week, what we're in the mood for. We're going to talk about real life love stories in the news or that people send us. Occasionally, we're going to bring somebody in to interview, maybe a real-life couple, maybe a romance virgin, somebody who's never read a romance novel before. I'm super excited we're gonna for that. We're going to give them a book, have them read it, and then hear their thoughts and talk about how it comes across to somebody who doesn't spend all their time reading this genre. And sometimes we're going to talk about other romance-related things, like today we're going to talk about a Netflix show that is yeah. related to media. Pleasure. We might talk about other kinds of media. Yeah. We might talk about more about movies, too, that don't necessarily connect to a trope or a theme we're discussing in one of our yeah. other episodes. Yeah, eventually we want to ho- hopefully get some authors to join us on Field the Love Fridays, too, but that's way down the line. Don't you want to, author? Yeah, if you are an author and you have listened to us, reach out. Hello at loveandpodcast.com. Yeah, yeah little disclaimer. Okay, okay. <laughs> self-promotion over. Okay, let's start with what we read this week. So we actually just recorded 
a hockey player episode, which is not going to release for a while because we we were smart and we're releasing thematic episodes every other week. And so we actually have been recording a bunch ahead of time. I don't think the hockey player episode is going to release until like end of May. End of May. Okay. But in order to prepare for that episode, we read a lot of hockey romance and I needed a break. At some point I had to like switch it up because it was becoming... There's too many shirtless men for you? I mean, never. It was just, I don't know. We'll t- we talk about it in the episode. Yeah. There's just, there's like a pattern. We needed something different. So I did a few things this week or the last two weeks, I would say. I reread The People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. I did not fall head over heels with this book the first time I read it. It came out, I think, last May 2021. And that's because my favorite romance book of all time is probably Beach Read mm-hmm. by Emily Henry. It's like one of the, one of the first romances I read and I, it's romance, but it's almost a little bit more like what people, some people refer to as like women's fiction, like the single point of view. It's also about the female characters, like life outside of the romantic plot. And so I didn't initially love people we meet on vacation as much, but on upon a reread, I'm like now fucking obsessed with it. Okay, so tell me why, because I also didn't love it the first time I read it. Her dedication at the beginning is really interesting. She says, last one was for me, referring to Betrayed, this one's for you. And there's definitely a lot of differences. This book is also single point of view, but it is really 100% romance. I mean, all romances have other plot lines, usually about like personal growth or like dealing with personal issues. But this is 100% a romance and... I, I don't, I can't, I guess I can't say like why I loved it so much more the second time, but I feel like the characters were super fleshed out. I love, I'm obsessed with Alex Nielsen, who is the main male character on this. He is like this nerdy, like fitness obsessed, super organized guy who only gets along pretty much with the female main character, Poppy, who is kind of a mess and all over the place. She's super loud. She's super brash. It's very much like an opposites attract. This is a friends to lovers. And they have been taking a a vacation every year since they met in college. And then even after college when they lived in different places. And at some point at the beginning of the book, they haven't talked for two years. Like something happened on one of those vacations and they haven't talked. And so she has a desire to reconnect with him and invites him on another vacation because now she's like a travel writer. It's her full-time job pretty much. And so they go to Palm Springs and it's kind of a disaster. It's the off season, which means it's like 120 degrees and the air conditioning doesn't work and it's very tense and they're not really talking about what happened. But you also back up in the book and do flashbacks to all of the the past 10 summer vacations and you sort of see their relationship develop. I just think it was like really thorough and character development and like you see their relationship grow and at the beginning it very much feels like no this is just her friend but when you start to back it up and see all the summer vacations together you can see that her feelings for him are growing and I don't know I just I really really liked it. It it made me feel so good so that I just I've been rereading more books lately Maybe because I'm having trouble finding more inspiring reads because I feel like I've read fucking everything. I haven't, but... Yeah, sometimes you get into a rut like that. Yeah. What did you read this week? So I... It was actually not this week, but it was recently, and it's just something that I feel like I need to share because it's such a good book. It's called The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo. It is not a romance, so don't go into it if you only want to read romance. As in there is no happy ending. Yes. Okay. Correct. Which it's, is a defining characteristic it, for a romance. Yes. It's a heartbreaking book. Did you cry? But it's... Oh my fucking... But okay, but I always cry. 
Okay. Listen. You know Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> of course. Episode or season three, when she goes to prom and she gets the award for class protector and everybody claps. I cried. I cry when there's swelling mu- music in ads. I cry when someone's nice to somebody else. We went to a show this past week. We went to um, something called Moisture Festival, which is a... A horrible fucking name. It's a horrible name, but uh, they love it. Um, It's like a variety show that they do in Seattle. And we went this week with my like 77-year-old pro bono council that I'm working with. It was fucking dope, actually. It was great. But (laughs) why did I mention that? What was I going with? Um, that you cry a lot yeah oh but they were doing all these acts and people were clapping and i got really emotional thinking about how nice it is that like the Seriously? performers can be on stage and people are supporting them i don't think i, knew. I got really emotional i don't think i knew that you were this much of a sap oh yeah i'm a total sap but i'm related to you i feel like i should know this yeah i cry at fucking everything okay everything. anyway well, and the point was book. i cried at this book um but it's, would i cry in this book like probably okay because it's that sad it is sad not until the end though but basically the story follows the point of view of this woman who meets this guy i think it's her senior year of college on September 11th, 2001. And they're in New York. They go to Columbia. So I also just connect with it because I went there too. So it's like a a lot of nostalgia for me because they have the same scenes. And then she's in New York and Kristen and I both lived in New York. So there's a lot of nostalgia in the book for me. But she (laughs) meets this this guy and they have this really amazing conversation and they talk that day and then they don't see each other for a little bit. Anyway, it just follows their relationship over the next like decade or 15 years maybe. And they're sort of in and out of each other's lives, but they're always sort of there in the background. Is it romantic or is yes. it like friendship? Yes. No, no, no. They're together in a romance and then they have to, he goes to be a photographer overseas and she works with a kid's television network creating kids programming in New York. And so they split up and it's sort of like he's the one that got away kind of energy. She ends up with somebody else. She has kids, but this guy is sort of always there in different capacities in her life. I mean, the book is really about the journey, like about their her relationship with him over the many years that they're together and not together. And the way that it's written, the style it's written in is not something I'd seen before. And I, I'm not going to explain that further because it will give too much away. But the way that she writes it is in a very specific way that I hadn't seen before and is really good. That plot almost reminds me a little bit of Normal People by Sally Rooney. Yeah, where it's they like coming of... together and drifting apart. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's like okay. that, which is also a great series. So if you want to cry and you do not want a happy ending. Read The Light We Lost. And she also just, I think she used to write like... I'm going to totally butcher this. I think she wrote like young adult romance or something previously. And then she made a foray into women's lit, basically. I could be totally messing that up. Uh, sorry, Jill Santapolo, if that's wrong. But she's great. She just came out with another new book, which I haven't read, but she's actively publishing. So yeah, highly recommend. And then when you are done crying your eyes out at that book, <laughs> you can read the two other books to boost your happiness levels that I also read this week, which are kind of like out of the norm for me. Because as a romance reader, I gravitate a lot towards contemporary. Neither of us really read historical romance, at least not yet. I will make it as a personal challenge for myself at some point and read like the best of so we can talk about it. But I read a vampire romance and an alien romance this week and I fucking love them. Both of them were by Heather Guerre. That's G-U-E-R-R-E. probably Guerre. Guerre. That's my continuing tradition of mispronouncing <laughs> everything on this podcast. I mean, podcast. I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe it's not. Can you give like a short summary? Because yeah. we do have a vampire episode coming in. October. No, I know. And I, we will talk about it again. Cause, so the, the first book, Hot-Blooded, is um, a vampire romance. It's a second in a That's series. That's a great name for a I vampire know. romance. It's a second in a series. The first one's called Cold-Blooded and it's about a werewolf. They are standalones though. So I didn't read the first one. The whole story is basically that it's modern times. Amos is a vampire. He's been a vampire for like... You mean Amos? Amos. <laughs> <laughs> we need to 
talk about these names before you start Wait, podcasting. is it a famous Amos or Amos? Famous Amos. It rhymes. Oh. I just don't think I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Oh, Amos? Yeah. Amos. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. Whatever. It's A-M-O-S. Amos. Okay. He's a vampire. Back to the story, Caitlin. He's been alive for like 200 years or something. The society doesn't really know a lot about vampires. There's like a separate vampire government. But there's this program that is put into place. You know, a separate government. Caitlin's giving me like a confused look. There's a separate vampire like oh, so political vampires, structure. But they're hum- regular humans aren't aware of them. Correct. Okay. For the most part. Okay. They can't be out in the daylight. Like this mythology fits with that kind mm-hmm. of more traditional thought of vampires school of thought. They don't sparkle like Edward, though. No, no vampires <sighs> sparkle like Edward. I mean, he sparkles on his own, like, as a person. Story for another time. Okay. So Amos signs up for this program where he basically pays a shit ton of money to have a live human blood donor. Not to, like, drain and kill, but, like, for a meal. He hasn't had live blood in a hundred years. Be- Why? Because when society started to, like, modernize more, it became, like, pretty shitty and outlawed to kill people and so he's been drinking from like a blood bag but he hasn't had live human blood and so tessa shows up at his door she's actually signed up for the program because she needs the money basically she is Does she know that vampires are real and that that's what this is for yeah yeah she signed up oh. for it knowing it Whoa. um because it's like a lot of money she works so three jobs consensual in a yeah, way it is con- it's completely consensual and she has a really sad story that I feel like is pretty common where she's like the oldest of her children and she's moved into her mom's house in her late 20s to take care of her mother who had medical problems and has now run up a massive amount of debt. None of the other siblings are helping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And basically also everyone gives her shit for working so much. And she's like, I have to fucking work to support you people. You take me for granted. It's like, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, I think um, like that is a common... Yeah, especially for the heroines in yeah. romance novels. Yeah. So, but one of the jobs she works is she's an overnight nurse. So she fits Amos's hours perfectly because he's also awake at night. Anyway, the point is she shows up. He is a sweetheart. He's not like an alpha grumpy male or anything. They have a whole consent conversation. He bites her. God, I'm just gonna say it. She has an orgasm while he bites what? her. And afterward, oh he, and she's like really <laughs> embarrassed. And he's like, oh, they didn't tell you. That actually literally happens to like a subset of humans who get bitten. And meanwhile, he has an erection and he hasn't had an erection in a century. Okay, because you can't only... see me right now, but my eyes are huge <laughs> and my mouth is open. <laughs> Live blood is the only way he can get an erection. Like literally his cheeks become flushed because he's had drinking live blood and vampires can only get these sensations and it's like this coloring on them once they've had live blood. So anyway, she keeps coming back and they end up developing a friendship, but complicated by the fact that she comes every time he bites her and they develop a romantic relationship, but it's really sweet, like so sweet. And he tries to like take her out on dates. There's also a little bit of a romantic suspense element to it because there's some other vampires in town. Um, and he kind of like walks her to work every night to make sure she's protected and also, most importantly, he kind of, like, takes the burden off of her that she feels from her family, where she feels like she's just in charge. I mean, this is often a dominant submissive thing mm-hmm. where, like, yeah. women who are in charge and have to make a lot of decisions don't want to be in charge sometimes. Anyway, it's a really sweet book. Read it. Uh, like, it's okay. great. Yeah. And then I, I then I was obsessed with this author, Heather Guare, and so I read Heart Song after that, which is an alien romance, and it's basically like a prison situation trigger warning for sexual and physical abuse the heroine is sexually on the page yeah on page um from her husband who's like 
they live in another on another planet and she she's a human though and her husband is abusive she's basically a slave in her marriage and then the hero is an alien who has a humanoid figure but does not look like we do he's got like red skin red eyes this was my first alien romance and you know what i am here for it yeah 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 <laughs> I've, um, never, I've never read one i've i've heard about them i mean i think I there, there's a lot of connotation of like alien romances are just smut and i think that just goes for like the whole genre like there's definitely a category of books that are just porn more <laughs> without the plot we talk a lot about porn versus plot here but this one actually had a lot of plot like it's steamy but they don't really get together until like the end of the book mm. and uh she basically rescues him and then they fly away in the spaceship and they crash land on a planet and they had like jumped out of the plane and the other prisoners they were with who like escaped with them land somewhere far away and so they have to journey together like over like a week or two so it's like forced proximity they share a tent naturally it was really good so cool. I, had, I had some good reads this week yeah, interspersed a, with the hockey you had a diverse i know week of reading i know and i was feeling like pretty down about other stuff like i dnf'd a bunch of books too and then i then i got on the heather Guerra train and i was it was awesome. Definitely read Hot Blooded. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else are we talking about next? Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about is a real life romance. This article in the New York Post called My Secret Pandemic Romance Ooh. was a real life rom-com. So this happened, this came to light because this TikToker posted a video in March that got like over 2 million views and it was basically her. She's stuck in New York at the beginning of the pandemic. She just moved to the US from England for work because her company had a New York office. And five weeks after she gets here, quarantine happens, everything gets shut down. She doesn't know anybody, but she had started like becoming friends with this coworker. And so a couple weeks into the pandemic, she's like, hey, do you think I could like come quarantine with you for a bit? Because I don't know anybody, I'm alone. And he basically invites her to go to his dad's house where he's staying for quarantine. And she moves in with them and she stays there over the last two years, and they get together. So if you... They fall in love. If you, yeah, they fall in love. A few quotes from the article. A UK woman shared the unlikely tale of how she fell in love with a New York coworker she moved in with during quarantine and kept their ensuing romance a secret from other colleagues for a whole year. So it's like got the roommate element. It's yeah. It's like the forbidden romance element. Yeah, they kept it a secret from his dad for a bit and then also from the coworkers. And forced proximity. Yeah, so apparently they were working together and then they do things like they'd walk, they'd go kayaking, night cookouts on the beach, other hobbies. The article basically says this straight out of a rom-com montage, which I agree with. So the article also says the lovebirds initially snuck around behind Cam, that's the guy's dad's back, for several months while figuring things out. Per Cam's request, the couple also only told a few colleagues about their surreptitious relationship. I feel like that's the biggest word I've seen in the New York Post. Anyway, <laughs> effectively allowing them to exist in their own little loved-up bubble for a whole summer. It's Aww. so cute. And they, also, like, they have pictures of them on the yeah. article, and they're fucking adorable. And we'll, we'll post the article in the notes to this episode, but it's, like, so fucking cute. And I actually, I'm gonna, tr I'm, tr I'm trying to woo a friend to be on our podcast over the summer, um, because she has her own quarantine love um, romance. Amazing. Any, origin, origin story. Yeah. And I want her to come and chat about it. Other news, what is it, the third romance bookstore yeah, in the US? Yeah, so is the, the third romance bookstore in the US is coming out in April this month, April 2022. I think the first one is The Ripped Bodice, right? I think so. It's basically a, a romance-only bookstore in San Francisco. This one's going to be in 
is it San Francisco? I think so. This was going to be in San Diego, I think. I wonder what the second this one, one is. This one is called, I can't remember. This one is called The Meet Cute Romance Bookshop and Fizzery. They have like a soda shop. Oh my gosh. It's so fucking cute. Okay. So we're going to post a link to their website in our, bar. in our show notes too. I secretly want to open my own romance. It's not a secret only to anybody's store. But I already have a name and it's really no, cute. No, don't say it. I won't say it out loud. I'm not giving it away. But there's just like endless opportunities for cute store names mm-hmm. compared to like a lot of other retail industry. Yeah. So if you're in San Diego this month and you pop by Meet Cute, please drop us a line. Uh-huh. I want to know all about it. Take a picture. Okay. The other thing in the news is, so book releases come out on Tuesdays. And I usually try to track like what is coming out in the romance genre that I want to read. There's a ton of stuff coming out at the end of April. So we'll save it for maybe the next Feel the Love Friday. But next Tuesday, April 12th, a new Beth O'Leary book comes out called The No Show. She wrote The Flat Chair. Um, Such a cute book. It's a really cute book. And it's been around for a while, I think, at this point. But they share the same apartment but at different hours of the day because like he works nights and she works days and they basically fall in love over like leaving little post-it notes for yeah, each other. That book is amazing. It's, it's really good. It is It is like relatively low steam, but that didn't even bother me. You know, I'm someone yeah, it's really a sweet story. Yeah. So I, I would guess that this one's going to be the same, probably a little bit of a tearjerker, but probably really heartwarming. I don't know much about the plot, but it comes out next Tuesday. Yeah. The last thing we want to discuss. Well, the main point of this the main point of this episode is a new Netflix show that just came out called The Principles of Pleasure. It is a three-part series on Netflix, and it's basically about women and sex, and it's amazing. Yeah. Good. I have not watched this. Kristen is going to tell me about it. Yeah. You kind of held off, though, so I could yeah. talk about it and, like, yeah. entice you more. So it's three episodes. The first one kind of tackles more of, like, the body the physical the second tackles more of like mental emotional and the last episode is more about like relationships like you with another person hmm, interesting and i'm still making my way through the third episode i'm like halfway through but the first episode is fascinating it tackles like the physical aspects of women's pleasure but also kind of like the political and societal hmm. issues with it as well they talk about like the lack of sexual education in the educational system mm-hmm. and even where you have sexual education, women's sexual pleasure, and it's definitely not a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I don't ever remember learning where the clip was. No. Um, it was I mostly... I remember if I had sex ed. I, I definitely had, like, um, in eighth grade, I think I had, like, sex anatomy, basically. It was, like... But it was more, like... In eighth here's grade? Here's how to not get pregnant. Yeah, I remember... We had, I only know this because... It's um, so early. Does it? I don't know. Aren't I remember like learning about the... In eighth grade? No, you're like 14, 13, 14. You're 14 in high school. And like, okay, so then you're 13. Okay, okay, I guess that's not um, I only remember this because my school had like trailers out back because we didn't have enough space in the building and we had sex ed in like a trailer and I remember people laughing about dicks. And now here we are. And look how far we've come. years later, still laughing about dicks. Yeah. All right. But, Wait, what did but you live. say? 15 years later? Um, yeah, it was you more than that. You were like twelve uh, or thirteen. Was so like more than that, more than fine. More than fifteen years. Later. If we're being specific, it's like a few more years ahead of that. I'm just the point is it wasn't like five years. Ago. But anyway, I did get carded at the liquor store the other day. So big deal in doing your thirties. Great. Big deal in your teens. Big deal in your thirties yeah, for different reasons. Feeling good about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're in our thirties. We talk a lot about dicks. That was the point of all that. Yeah. Back to the show. Um, they talk about the myth of virginity, which 
is a huge part of so many romance novels and, and is, is like an emotional big deal. But they talk about in the first episode, they're talking about the body and they talk about like physically like the hymen and virginity. And one of the great quotes is the woman who's talking about this says the hymen is like a muscle. Once you have sex, it doesn't disappear forever. It comes back together. And she says, it is not a freshness seal that you pop open, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. But that is how so many people view it. Yes, exactly. In certain cultures too. And it, like, and I probably come, part of that comes from the fact that there is pain, but like the point is it stretches and collapses and like you probably don't feel pain after like having sex a few times because the muscle becomes used to it. Mm. Um, but it's not a freshness seal. What else do they talk about? They went into pretty deep detail about women's anatomy with like pictures and everything which was like honestly really helpful even in my 30s like i mean you only go to the OBGYN once a year no they don't show you a picture of what's like no yeah exactly i mean they're on the walls usually right you can like see where your ovaries are and stuff but no one's like pointing out absolutely everything um they talk about the different types of orgasms clitoral vaginal and anal orgasms too I have some interesting statistics that I noted down. Yeah. Uh, when women think they have an orgasm, 50% actually haven't. What? Yes. What? What does that mean? Well, I don't know. Well, I will, I will divulge something personal on our podcast to the entirety of the human population. <laughs> I didn't have an orgasm until I was in my 20s. Me neither. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 21. And I did it for myself. I was past 21. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Like, Things but did you think you were having them before? That's what I'm confused about. What do they think is happening? Because I also, before I had an, a real one, I would like get close and then I would just be like, oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, but I didn't, no, like, I, I think that's probably what. Okay, so she means like before before you know what it is, yes. you think you're having one. Oh, okay, okay. I right, think that that's, makes more sense. Oh, I mean, after you have one, you well, know. Yeah. Well, that's why I was confused. I'm like, do you have one? And then you like, there's not really a mistaking it once you've had one. Yes. No, it's a, it's a clear before and after <laughs> okay, okay, picture. Okay. I think it's before. Um, uh, what else? They literally talked about physically what an orgasm is, which is like contractions in the pelvis. Let's see. Only 66% of women reliably orgasm with a heterosexual pairing. It is higher percentage for lesbians, which makes sense. Only 66%. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wait, wait. I don't know what that means. Like so that during means sex? You're being intimate with a heterosexual partner. Only 66% of women rely reliably orgasm. Okay. So like most of the time you're having sex. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, exactly. But I think that there's a stigma about like talking about women's orgasms in general, but also about like the way it should or shouldn't be, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people experience orgasms one way and women other women don't in another way but there's definitely i feel like a story for like this is how it should be if you do have it yeah i will say i went on twitter before this and just looked up principles of pleasure because i wanted to see what people were saying about it and most of the comments were from women and they were like you gotta watch this show it's amazing and then there were a couple from men who were like my girlfriend is watching this like subversive bullshit and like blah, 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 blah. and i was like okay you are the problem and you need to watch this problem listen <laughs> mr toxic like. male yeah go away Shut the fuck up. Okay. More <laughs> Or just like be curious about how to pleasure your yeah. partner. It's not yeah. all about you. I told my husband to watch it and he was like, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm going to tell Josh to watch it. Yeah. I don't understand being in a relationship and not being excited about pleasuring your partner. I don't I get that. I don't get selfish, selfishness in bed. Who's, how's that? But I also for you? had plenty of, I mean, it feels embarrassing to say, but I also had plenty of uh, partners in my earlier years who did not 
prioritize it. Oh, for sure. And I didn't really feel like it was weird. Yeah, same. So, and it's completely possible that those people still don't prioritize it. So, like, there's a large... Yeah. I think there's a large number of males that probably don't prioritize it and probably a large number of females who don't feel like it should be prioritized. And maybe it's because they haven't experienced an actual orgasm. Yeah. Because when you do, you're like, let's put that on the menu. Yeah. (laughs) The regular menu. Um, Yes. Not the specials board. Yeah. It took me a long time Sorry, I really like the specials board comment. (laughs) I have my moments. That was really like... Um, I can't use the word improv because now you've defined it for me, but it was on the fly and I really liked it. Um, Okay, go. I have, yeah, once in a blue moon, I make, I say something funny. It wasn't until a couple years ago, probably, that I was like, oh, it is important for me to orgasm and I'm going to say that this is a priority. And if you're going to be my partner, you need to be on board with this. But it took me a long time to get there. I didn't prioritize it for a really long time. Yeah. I think romance novels have helped me, like, Mm -hmm. prioritize it even more, even though... I do think romance novels are unrealistic. 100%. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. About how much a woman can orgasm, basically. Um, anyway, another interesting statistic. Only a quarter to a third of women can get an orgasm from vaginal stimulation alone. So it does happen. That's honestly more than I thought. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. 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 Um, they also talked about the G-spot and the fact that it it does not actually exist. What happens is, okay, so they showed a, a picture of the clitoris, which was really crazy like you obviously like have what you think about the clitoris but there's all these essentially like glands is probably not the right word muscles that are interior and sometimes those can like swell and they press against the vaginal wall and so when that point is like pressed from the inside of your vagina it's basically like your clit pressing wait really that's what the g-spot is yeah and so not every woman has that. It isn't like a magic button that you're like, ding, 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 you won the show. Oh, so that's the difference between women who can organ orgasm vaginally? Yeah. Is there a way to test that? Like to get yours mapped out to see if I you can do it? And I wonder if it also has to do with anatomically, like when your clitoris becomes engorged and those other muscles that are like hidden in the body. Right. If anatomically, like they're further away from your vaginal wall, right. that's what I'm saying. They're not going to press up against your vaginal yeah. wall, and then you're not going to experience pleasure by putting like more sensitivity in that spot yeah. from inside your it, vagina. If I was a scientist, that would be my that would be my area. I'd be like, let's map out this this let's map out the clits. Let's figure it out. One of the books I also reread recently was Off the Clock by Ronnie Lauren. I still haven't read that. It, she's a she's a sex researcher. And he's a sex therapist, but they meet in college and he's studying women's pleasure. And what he's literally doing is he's recording, making recordings to try to see if he can stimulate um, women's arousal. And it's primarily for people who, women who have been through a trauma. Um, but that actually connects back to this episode because in the second episode, they talk about how for women, especially like the mental state and the emotional state is as important as the physical when you're thinking about women's orgasm and they talk about how the fact that women of a majority respond better to auditory stimulation like as in eroticism versus what what? versus visual really so like listening to porn versus watching porn and men respond better to visual i mean that makes sense it makes sense i've listened to a bunch of romance audiobooks and i would agree with that Okay, wait, I have more fun things to talk about from this show. And I promise I'm not revealing, like, everything that was on this show. No, but I these were just really the interesting. really interesting points. Oh, when they were talking about this statistic that only 66% of women reliably orgasm in a heterosexual pairing, they talk about the orgasm gap. And they said it's wider than the wage gap. I, yeah, 100% believe yeah, that. Yeah, 100% believe that, but it just, it's a lot, there's a lot of gaps for women <laughs> in society, in unfortunately. Real, in real life, at least. Yeah. Um, they talk about 
Viagra and Mm. how when, I don't know if it was like the 50s or the 70s, all of a sudden men were having problem with erections, science raced to the lab to figure out a solution, in which case Viagra was like a heart medication and they figured out it gave you an erection. The same scientific excitement has not gone around women's orgasm and women's pleasure. Um, So that is, well, expected, but it was still interesting to hear them talk about it. And then the last thing they they kind of focused on in the first episode is they talked about toys because it's a physical episode and they talked about different kinds. (laughs) What I noted down is they talked about butt plugs and they were like showing the different kinds. Like this would be better for a novice. This would be better for someone who's a little bit more daring and they talk about anal orgasm which is also a thing so i went into this whole conversation but when they were talking about butt plugs she said just remember without a base without a trace yeah as in you will lose it up your butt if it does not have a base on the bottom okay i have a related story oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) no no no, not for my personal well i'm not excited if you had to deal with that because no. That's a physical problem, but no. um, I mean, I sort of had that issue with your eyes just once. lit up, and so I want to hear what you're saying. Uh, I wish to tell a personal story. It's not related to it's. It was about a condom. Oh, did but, you lose well, one up there? Yeah, that's, that's a, a thing. thing. It's a thing. I lost tampons up there. Oh, it's worse. Um, that is worse. And well, I want to tell also this story really briefly, but then I have a non-personal story about the ba- not a, no base, no trace issue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so one time I was having sex. I've done it before, you guys. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> newsflash, mom and dad. Dad's we not talk, listening to this no, podcast. No, we talk about sex and we've had it. <laughs> I might have a child. I don't know. You maybe. The stork dropped I don't him know. off. I, I wouldn't know that he's fully yours except that he looks exactly like you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, anyway. So yeah, we were having sex and then, you know, it happened and he was wearing a condom. And then he pulled out and there was no condom. And we were like, what? And it was stuck up there. And... It, we had to like fish it out, but it like, took a while. And I Googled it and I was like, if I don't fish it out, I'm gonna have to go to the emergency room because it's really dangerous because it can get infected. Could you just pull it out with your fingers? No, yes, but like I had, it was like, in, it was like in there, like wow. it was up there and I had to go like, I think three separate times I had to go and like fish it out. Interesting. And he was freaking out because he was worried I was going to get pregnant and I was like, it's probably fine. Oh, right. Because it would have like leaked out. Yeah. I feel like sperm like die really quick though. I don't know. I feel like they die a quick death. If they I don't. also feel like you can get pregnant from like pre-cum so like who knows yeah anyway that's not what i wanted to say and i kind of wish i hadn't shared that but i did i'm feel like maybe that has happened almost to me though like i can't remember almost to you well <laughs> i feel like it has it's kind of traumatic I feel but like i don't no no but i don't feel like i had like an exploratory mission to discover it. like i think it must have been e- i think it was easier to get out yeah this was not okay it was a problem <laughs> that's why it's stuck um, in your head yeah and in my vagina anyway so no the so many one-liners this week. I'm doing so well. So another podcast I really love is called Sick Boy, which is one word. It is a phenomenal podcast. I'll probably mention it again. It's three Canadian guys and they basically help like humanize and normalize disability and illness. So every week they talk to somebody who has something, some some thing they're dealing with and they talk about what it's like for them and they just like bring them on and let you hear about who they are as a person. And like, so they have, you know, somebody with... ADD, love somebody with cancer. One of the hosts has cystic fibrosis. So the first episode is about him. Anyway, they also do Feel Good Fridays, which is similar to ours. But What's our inspiration for this? Yeah, our inspiration for this. So thanks, sick boy. But they they talked about this woman who had a glass stuck up her urethra because apparently 
And I don't even know how you get it up there, but the apparently... The ure- urethra, yeah. not your oh, vagina. Yeah, the tiny hole. Yeah, apparently <laughs> this is a thing in, in pleasure. Like, sometimes people will stick something up there to, like, enhance pleasure. But she stuck a glass up there, and there was no base and so it was stuck up there was and it she, like a toy no but it's like a, a tumbler a tumbler yes <laughs> and, then I thought got, they were, and then like she wait, got like a like, bladder stone or something like and it a like a tumbler from like a child's place no, like, <laughs> like, no, like a normal one but i don't know <laughs> i don't know that is also a part of the women's anatomy i'm like not familiar with i thought yeah. it was like it's small really like, like it yeah i'm not shaming it i'm just i'm trying to yeah figure no out the well no totally it. fine but yeah. like you have to have something with a base so you can pull it out i'll i'll put it i'll find that episode and i'll put it in the show notes and i'll try to find the article they say mm. and she but she had to like get surgery or something um well she had to go to the doctor she had a bladder stone that had like calcified around it oh. yeah could she like pee well that was a thing she kept thinking she had a uti or something and <gasps> doctors kept telling her she just had a uti it was wait, she... like years years that's why the thing calcified wait, wait wait but like she was pleasuring herself and then she was like i don't know that's the part i don't i don't out. know if they really address that in the episode oh but God. like yeah it was just in there all right so make sure you got a base whatever you're doing yeah, no base no trace that's not that's serious shit yeah on that note <laughs> yeah but you should watch the series they also in the second episode when they talk about the connection between sort of mental state and physical state for women and how important that is you know it's it's very easy to mentally check out and then that can like cut off the physical pleasure as well mm-hmm. a lot of women have trouble orgasming even on their own because you have to be in the right headspace but it talked about sort of their relationship with eroticism in media and books really yeah i mean it heightens women's pleasure in that it's good and I, they, I think they also talked about the health benefits of orgasms too which i'm all about so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on that note <laughs> do you have anything else to share oh that was it that's that's it now I need yeah to watch this. yeah no, so I, watch it with your partner that's what it sounds like yeah i also started just just started watching last night sex education on netflix which a friend of mine recommended is that a fiction series it is fiction it's about a high school kid in Britain somewhere and his mom is a sex therapist and so the first episode that we watched basically there's another kid in his class who's like and obviously all these actors are older they're not they're not actually children but like it is kind of weird that it takes place in high school and you're like they're talking about sex and they're showing it anyway so the the guy ends up helping this this kid with his like sex issues he can't come basically and he ends up like sort of being a therapist to him and i think the rest of the show is going to be about him playing sex therapist to his high school class essentially so my friend tells me it's amazing and that she like binged all the seasons and it's what really good. What network is it on? Netflix. It's on Netflix? Yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll know more the next time we do a Feel the Love Friday. I'll have more to share. Well, I'm going to put it on my more. TBR. Yeah. Josh and I started watching it last night and he, he loved it. So. All right. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for joining us for our inaugural Feel the Love Friday. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to us on hello at loveandpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you if you have watched Principles of Pleasure mm-hmm. or have any comments about anything we said i feel like there's a lot i would love to hear feedback on yeah you can reach out to us on social media at love and underscore podcast on both twitter and instagram and our website is loveandpodcast.com next friday we've got our second thematic episode coming out which is love and tessa bailey we're doing a spotlight on one of our favorite authors she's Mm -hmm. got a couple of books on the bestsellers list right now i'm pretty sure and her most recent book just came out and yeah which i think is on the bestsellers list so um it's really fun she's a steamy dirty talking uh, writing author she she wrote just for Kristen, basically yeah basically yes so um, yeah join us then and see you later lovers go love yourselves